All right, hello and welcome to About Yahweh's Business, His Church with His Truth. Today we are going to go over grace. I know many times we probably heard this in the church, in the churchianity system. It's grace and mercy and it abounds and oh boy, grace covers everything and we love to put it on the signs of the churches and we love to hear about it. We love to sing about it. We just love that grace and mercy so much. But the truth of the matter is, it's probably not what you think it is. It's probably not what you thought it was. So let's go to the scriptures and let's use the scriptures that many use, but let's put them in perspective of what is really being said. Ephesians 2 and 8 through 9. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of Yahweh, not by works, so that no one can boast. Now, right here, this is where everybody says, well, of course, there you go, the law's done away with, right? That's it, there's the end of discussion. What does the scripture say? For it is by grace you have been saved. Yeshua came before you was born, correct? Yeshua came after other people was born. The Messiah came at the time that he chose. So therefore, everybody that was born after, in between, now, later, what does that mean? See, we have to put everything in the biblical perspective. He came and he gave his life and shed his blood that we could be saved. Now, the scripture tells us, it's not because of something we did. It's because of his grace, because of his mercy, because what he seen. Now, with all that being said, let's go to Romans. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in Yahweh's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we became conscious of our sin. So right here, a lot of people say, well, see right there, it, it tells you clearly the works of the law exactly. Because anytime you've sinned, you've broken the law, right? Anytime you have sinned, you have broken the law. That means that law requires something from you. And the more you break it and the more you go against it, the more you do things that you shouldn't be doing, what happens it requires more weightier, weightier, weightier of you. If you hear people that's been in trouble two or three times, what happens to them? They're in trouble, right? If you get a DUI three times, it's time to go do the prison time, correct? We know the way we live, the way we live our life and what we do in life is totally different and contradictive to the way that we look at the Bible, we want to go to church and we want to believe we can sin and sin and sin and there's no boundary to it. We can just sin anyway, anytime, anyhow we want and because of somebody says there's grace and mercy, well, there you go. But the scripture does not put it that way. It says rather through the law we become conscious of our sin. It tells you right in the verse, by the law you have known the sin. It doesn't say it's done away with. Nowhere does it say it's done away with. It tells you because of the law, now you know what sin is. 
But now apart from the law, the righteousness of Yahweh has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Yeshua HaMashiach to all who believe. Wait a minute. This righteousness is given through faith to all who believe. So it's not what we've been told. It ain't you just believe and that's how you get it. When you believe. Now, what can you believe? You can't believe in Muhammad. You can't believe in whatever one you want to. You have to believe in Yeshua, right? That's what it states. He says, there is no other way except through me. Yeshua means salvation. So any other way, any other door, he says you're a thief. So that would make you any way that you come to grace and mercy other than what he says that's the same way, right? It's counted to us as sin. It's counted us as abomination. It's counted to us as being unworthy. There is no difference, reading on, between Jew and Gentile. Wait a minute. My whole life I've heard it's for the Jew and then the Gentile. It's, it's the Jew and then the Gentile, and on it goes, right? Well, if you're not Jewish, you don't have to keep the law, the scripture right here, 320 through 24, you may not know your Bible says this because many churches don't preach this. They stop right here and say, well, right there, that, that's what it means, is it? And they skip through verse after verse, and they don't tell you what the Bible says. They tell you what they want it to say, so you'll come back and fill the plate. But they don't tell you what the scriptures are really talking about. This righteousness is given through faith in Yeshua HaMashiach to all who believe. And then we go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and he says what? If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, do what the law says. If you were disciples of Moshe, you would do what he said to do. If you knew who I was, you would believe and done what he said to do, right? There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Pretty self-explanatory right there. For all have sinned. This is where we find out the grace and mercy. For all have sinned and fell short of the glory of Yahweh. And all are justified freely by his grace. Through the redemption that came by Yeshua. The Messiah. The Mashiach. Right? So how do we obtain the grace through Yeshua? But how does that come by? How can we put this together? The problem becomes as we say these things and we quote these verses, but we only quote half the verse and we leave verse 23 out. We lose verse 22. We take out the Jew and the Gentile are the same. We take out all this scripture and there's only four four verses here but we want to make them fit into our lifestyle. So the real problem here is we don't learn what grace is. We think grace is let's get away with murder. Let's just continue in adultery because, hey, why not? We can come and say a prayer. We can come make it different. We can come do what we want to do. We can come live the life we want to live And at the end of it, we'll just claim grace. We'll throw up the grace card, the mercy card, and all will be glorious, right? If we're not careful, what happens? We lose the grace and the mercy that we thought we had because we don't believe 
what he says. If we believed what he said, we would do what? Keep the commandments. And if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If it were grace, would no longer be grace, right? So we want to take a verse again and say, if it be by grace, then it cannot be based on works. What he's saying is, your salvation you cannot obtain. Your salvation you have not obtained. Your salvation is of Yeshua. And that's why we have a hope of salvation, and we cannot claim we were saved. Many churches, many people, many places say, I am saved because what? Because that was what they was told. By grace and by mercy, by this and by that, and by all these things we were saved. But truly the scripture says we have this when we do what he says. Just like that verse says there. Through the law we became conscious of our sin. Through the law. It doesn't say the law's done away with. It says through the law. Let us then approach Yahweh's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Again, we're receiving it. We're trying to obtain it. It doesn't say that you have. It says you're trying to. It changes the whole thing. It's real easy to come in and say, oh, yeah, well, grace and mercy abounds, and that's all great, and let's all go home, and let's pat each other on the back. But if we do not be very careful, we don't get what's going on. We don't really understand what's happening because we're not doing what the Bible says to do. He has saved us and called us to a set-apart life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given in Yeshua before the beginning of time. 2 Timothy 1 and 9. So again, we was not there physically, right? We might have been created. Our souls may have been there. But we as the physical body, the person we are today, obviously was not there. Correct? So we was born and we now hope of grace. So how do we obtain this? How do we know what's really going on? Well, we can go and say, okay, well, grace and mercy abounds, and then we can live our life and know it's shambles. We can know it's shipwreck. We can know we have the troubles and the trials, and nothing's really different than it ever was. Or we can say, Father, I believe you, and now I'm going to believe what you said, and now I'm going to try to keep your law, your instructions, because that is sin. And that is how I know what sin is. Because when I don't know what sin is, how can I be pleasing? How can I have grace? Grace from what? See, it's either one way or the other. We, we have been taught that grace and mercy, it abounds, agape love, and all these fine dandy things. But if that's true, then we don't have to do anything. There's no sense of going to church. There's no sense of doing anything. If we already have obtained it, then we've obtained it. Just going to work is a is a, another law event, is it not? How is going to church any different than keeping the rest of the law? Well, it's all done away with, but you better be here on Sunday. Well, why? How come nobody's ever asked that question? Well, if it's all done away with and I don't have to do anything and I'm saved and it's all, then why do I have 
there's nothing I need to do, right? I mean, that's the fact of the matter. If we're dealing with the facts of the matter, that's the truth. Either you're saved or you're not. Either you have mercy or you haven't. The problem is we don't read all those scriptures. We don't know what they're saying because we haven't been taught correctly. Our teacher has told us what we want to hear. Isaiah 40 and 31, but those who hope in Yahweh will renew their strength. So here's where we come to, we have to come with Yahweh. We have to come to Yahweh. We have to come and do what Yahweh says, because when we don't hope in Yahweh, we don't get our strength renewed. When we don't have our strength renewed, we grow faint, we grow weak, and then we cannot keep the instructions he told us to keep. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So how do we obtain these things? By doing what he says to do. If we do not do what he says to do, then what do we have? Shipwreck. We're, we're, we're at the front of the boat, we're at the helm of the boat, we're in the beginning, and we're all screaming grace and mercy. And here comes the rocks, and here comes the troubled waters, and here comes the trials of life, and here comes death, and here comes this, and here comes that, and we're screaming grace and mercy all the way through. And there goes the rocks, and it goes right through the boat. And there goes the rocks, and it destroys the family. And here goes, and now everything's in trouble. And now we don't understand, why did not grace and mercy take over here? If it's all grace and mercy, why are we shipwrecked? Why is the boat cracked in two? Why is the family gone? Why is everything that we supposedly believed in torn apart? Because we put grace and mercy in front of the boat instead of listening to what the scripture said. John 1 and 1, out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Out of his fullness. Now understand what we have to do to obtain this is do what he says to do. All through scripture it talks of thou shall not, thou shall not. Thou shalt not. Nowhere are we given scripture that says, Oh yeah, all those thou shalt nots, forget about it. All those thou shalt do's, you know, don't worry about them no more. It's all covered. We don't have one verse that says that's covered with grace and mercy. So what are we doing? We're believing what we want to hear. We're believing if we come and sit down and put some money in the plate, then we're obtaining something. We're feeling good about ourselves. We're patting ourselves on our own back. Romans 5 and 8. But Yahweh demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Yeshua died for us. Now, how does that work? It says we were still sinners, he died for us. And Yahweh demonstrated his own love for us. What is the picture? It's a different picture than what we was painted, correct? This is a whole different outlook than what we've been told in most cases. Yahweh shows his love through his son, and even while we was still dead to rights, because 
Why? Why was we dead to rights to begin with? What made us dead? What makes you a sinner? Breaking the commandments. Breaking so many commandments. Breaking the commandments into death. That's what makes you a sinner. That's what makes you a dead man. That's what gets you into hell. So even though he knew he was headed for this, he still gave his son that we might. And the key words are might and if. That we might obtain salvation if we do what he says. That we just don't get blanketed to salvation. And we see that in Matthew. They came to me and they said what? We did many mighty works in your name. We did all these things in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We healed the sick in your name. And he's going to say what? Is he going to say anything other than depart from me? I never knew you. That's not your grace and mercy from your church, folks. That is not what he is going to say. That's not what is written there. But according to most church, most churchianity, most buildings where people go on Sunday, they are told this is what he's going to say. It matches up or it doesn't. Two and two equals four or it doesn't. Either you have grace and mercy, and at the end of that, in Matthew, he should be saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But instead, he's telling the people who are bold enough to stand in front of him and say, I've cast out demons in your name, and I did these mighty works in your names, and I did this in your name, and he's going to say, I never knew you. It doesn't sound like the same grace and mercy we hear, does it? It doesn't sound like what we hear in churches. It doesn't sound like what the Bible matches up to what they're saying. Second Corinthians 12 and 8 and 9. Three times I pleaded with Yahweh to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, Therefore, I will boast in all more gladly about my weaknesses so that Yeshua's power may rest on me. Wait a minute. I go on Sunday and they say, Oh, blessed is he and blessed is he and blessed is he and grace and mercy and grace and mercy and grace and mercy and pat you on the back and then you go home and you learn grace and mercy. Don't you judge nobody. Don't talk about nobody. But what is happening here? Three times I pleaded with Yahweh to take it away from me. Three times, thrice, three times. But he said, who said, Yahweh said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. What? So our grace says, no, you can't be sick. Our grace says you can't have a bad time. Our grace says I, I got to have a new car. My my church grace tells me I got to have a new house. My church grace tells me if I'm not living and, you know, at the top of the line, at the top of the heat, walking with the kings, then I'm doing something wrong. But this scripture tells me he prayed and pleaded. He didn't just pray. He didn't say, oh, well, you know, could you please, you know, could you, could you pretty please, would you, 
Have you ever prayed for an a problem, a sickness to go away from you? Have you ever pleaded with the creator of the universe to have a sickness or illness to go away, maybe from a parent or a brother or someone who's in the hospital or somebody was in a car wreck that you was pleading for their very life? Three times I pleaded with Yahweh to take it away from me, but he said, my grace is sufficient for you. Uh Uh-oh. That's a different kind of grace than what we've been handed down, is it not? That's a different way of looking at grace. And this is scripture, 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9. Verse 9, but he said to me, again, Yahweh said, my grace is sufficient for you. That's a different grace, folks, than what we've been handed down. That's a different grace than what we've heard. We have to go with the scriptures when it says we've been handed down lies from our fathers. They've told us things that's not really matching scripture. And we can see it clearly if we will open our eyes. And he didn't get mad. He didn't get upset. I'm sure he wasn't real, real happy about it. But what did he say? Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Yeshua, the Mashiach, Power may rest on me. So it's not of you. It's not of your grace. See, this is where it gets twisted. Oh, it's not what you do. It's not what you do. No, it's not what you do. It's what he's done for you. That's where you boast. That's where you can proclaim, thank you, Yahweh. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you because no matter how you look at it, he paid the debt. If you do what he says, it does not change the if, it does not change the law, it does not change what was already set in motion, right? Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in Yahweh's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. Again, it's real clear. And why can we not be perfect in the law? Because we broke it. And in many of our cases, we can't walk perfect because we didn't know it. Hey, sir, why was you doing 90? I came from Germany. I've been on the Autobahn my whole life. What's the problem? You're breaking the law. Not my problem. Well, it kind of is your problem because now you're in the United States And I'm a state trooper, and our law says you're breaking this law, and I can write you a ticket. And you can sit there and say grace and mercy and and whine and do whatever you want to do, but guess what? You was in this country operating by these laws, and when you came in, you probably had to do something to announce that you would abide by these laws, correct? So what does that say? The problem is we come to church and we don't hear anything of what do we have to do. We hear, throw up your hands, do some praise and worship, sing a song, you'll catch it. The pastor don't want to talk to you. He don't want to set you down. He don't want to tell you what the Bible says. He don't even care to ask you what the Bible says. He wants to know more about (laughs) your job, where you work. Excuse me, I see you're new here. Um... Where do you work? 
why is that one of the main questions when you go to church? What does it matter where I work? Probably because your tithes and offering and how much you're going to pay and how much you can contribute, and right? Why is not the first question of, do you know the Bible? Have you ever read the Bible? Do you know Yahweh? Do you know Yeshua? Do you know it's a Sabbath day? Do you know the feast days? Why are these not the questions? The word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. John 1 and 14. The problem here is, again, we have been taken advantage of. We have been taken and told, well, this is what really happens. And this is the way it really is. And you don't have to really do anything. And that's why we see these churches that's in New York, and they have all these mega congregations and Joe Osteen's and John Hagee's, and you really don't have to do nothing. You just kind of show up and be there and get seen and wave on TV and smile for the cameras, and there you go. But what does the Scripture say? Let's go to Acts 6 and 8. Now Stephen, a man full of Yahweh's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. He was full of what? His grace. His grace. Yahweh's grace and power. So what does that tell you? And it doesn't say he was just telling everybody they was going to heaven. He was doing great wonders and signs. You see the difference in the grace of what we thought was happening and the true grace that what is really going on? Ephesians 4 and 7. But to each one of us, grace has been appointed, has been given as Yeshua appointed it. Uh Uh-oh. Wait a minute. I thought we all had the same amount of grace. I thought I was told in Sunday school that you all are forgiven. You all have the same mercy. You all have the same this. But the scripture says here, to each one, it doesn't say to all, it says to each one, grace has been given as Yeshua pointed it. So what does that tell me? Now let me back up and, and hear the words of Yeshua. If you love me, keep my commandments. So who do you think is going to have more grace? Let's back up. Let's go through a parable, shall we, before we close up. Before we slam the shop door and, and send the animals out and call the day and slop the hog, shall, shall we learn something? Let's go and see in a parable that says what? If you love me, keep my commandments. The parable of the rich man and the poor man. The rich man didn't think he needed anything. And therefore, what did he do? Basically nothing. He lived his life. He had his reward. But how has he got the same grace and mercy as the poor man that begged at the gate? And the poor man who begged for alms. And the poor man who begged for things. And yet the rich man obviously didn't give him much. Right here in this parable, right here in this, we see that there is a different grace for this rich man and a different grace for the begging man. 
on the stake itself. Yeshua said, today you shall be with me in paradise. The guy said, what? I'm not worthy. Just paraphrasing. I'm not worthy to even be. I'm not worthy to be here next to you. I don't. You've done no wrong. Remember me. Today you will be with me in paradise. And the guy next to him got no grace. The guy next to him got no mercy. But we're told we all have the same grace and mercy. We come to him as we are. And he accepts us as we are. And we don't see that on the very stake that he shed his blood. On the very reason, the very blood, the very reason why he came, we don't see that he accepted both of them. That should tell us something about grace. That should tell us something that we can't live a life of sin and keep in sin and stay in sin or we're going to have a problem. In closing, Hebrews 13 and 9, do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. It's not the food, it's the Bible, it's the word, it's the bread of life, it's learning the teachings of what the Bible really says. We see it with the Pharisees, the scribes. We see that they went and changed things into what they thought was better, what they liked better, what they wanted to do better. And he said what? Do what they say, but don't do what they do. Because when they got up and read in the synagogue, they was reading the scripture. But when they got out of that, they was, wash your hands, worry about this, do this, do that, don't do anything on the Sabbath day. We have to go with Scripture. So until next time, may Yahweh bless you, may his continent shine upon you, and may he grant you shalom. Shalom, everybody. Thank you very much for listening, and have a great and wonderful weekend. Shalom, and Yahweh bless.